Good morning, everybody. How are my favorite people doing, huh? Man, you look good. You sound good. If this is your first time here today, my name is Craig, and me and my lovely wife, Patty, get to pastor this beautiful place. And so, man, it is an honor that y'all are here with us, hanging out, um, getting ready to learn a little something. Today's actually a really cool day because um, Austin mentioned it last week. If you weren't here, that's totally cool. But today we start the uh, our... Um, microsite our first ever microsite so right now we're going to agree with you hold on hold on we're going to agree with you say and so right now there's people at turning point rehabilitation center that are with us joining us our worship our announcements our message the whole thing so will you put your hands together and welcome to the family our first ever microsite yeah man we are glad that y'all are with us we are we are now today we start a brand new series that uh uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm glad you're here. It's called Behind the Curtain, and this whole series came about because we did a we do a, a yearly staff planning retreat kind of thing where we get together and plan out the year. And the, the, some of the staff just start asking questions about the Holy Spirit, and we just start talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of them said, "You should do like a series on the Holy Spirit, but not just like the surface stuff, like the deep end of the pool." And I was like, I thought, I don't know if they want the deep end of the pool. And they all, they, they all assured me that you wanted the deep end of the pool. So if you don't want the deep end of the pool, it's their fault, okay? Um, it's all going to them. Uh, today, today, we're just going to kind of get our feet wet. We'll, we'll, we are definitely d- jumping into the deep end uh, next week and the week after. Hold on for that one. Uh, but today, we got just got to get our feet wet and jump in here. So with this series, let me say this. Let me give you a challenge right off the bat at the beginning of this thing. Um, it's four weeks long. Attend all four weeks. Be a part of this whole series. And in fact, I'll take it one step further. Go out there and get a binder. They're completely free. They're on the middle pillar in the lobby. Just grab one. No one will tackle you or tase you. You don't have to pay for them, right? Just get one and start taking notes. This is a fabulous series to just start taking notes. One of our values here at South Point is we are lifelong learners, okay? So let's learn, let's grow, and let's find some stuff out about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so are you ready? Okay, so the Bible, yes, the Bible is divided into two sections, okay? There's the Old Testament and the New Testament, and in the New Testament, the first four books are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and if you didn't know that, now you do, all right? Those are called the Gospels. Right after the Gospels, the very next book is this book called Acts, and it's called Acts because it's about the actions or the acts of the early church okay so it starts off with the holy spirit it starts off with a bang and then all of these things happen okay all this stuff happens you don't you can read it if you want to it's cool but we get all the way to chapter 19 i want to show you this all the way so years have passed since jesus resurrected since years have passed since the church has started and this whole thing okay chapter 19 of acts check this out while apollos was at corinth paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Okay, so Apollos and Paul are two main characters in the New Testament church going forward. And so they just go to different places, not because they're angry. They just go to different churches, right? One goes to Corinth and one goes to Ephesus, okay? So in the interior, so Paul arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, okay? Disciples are obviously Christians. Disciples are people that are now following the way of Jesus Christ. Okay, they got saved by grace. They're believing in, the, in this resurrected man named Jesus Christ. All right. So Paul found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. 
And I think right now, even in our country, in our churches, a lot of people say the same thing. They, 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 there's, a, there's a willful separation of the Holy Spirit from us. And, I, and I, honestly, I kind of get it looking back at our history, and I'm talking about recent history like the United States history, um, because we, we, a lot of people push back from the Holy Spirit because they have seen the experiences that other people have had and claimed that were the Holy Spirit. Okay, And because of what they've seen, or a lot of times because of what they've even heard, they might not have even seen it, they've just heard it, there, there, there's a little pushback. They think, oh, if, I, if the Holy Spirit gets all over me, it's going to get crazy up in here. I'm going to start shaking and gyrating and dancing, and the Holy Spirit's going to make a fool out of me, and then I'm going to wake up from this trance, and all of a sudden I'm not going to want to wear makeup, and I only want to wear long blue denim skirts. Some of you got that. Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> There's so much misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit. And, and let, me, let me just say this. I am not going to answer every single question about the Holy Spirit in this series. And here's the reason why. That's impossible. But in our Google age where we want to Google everything and we want an answer and a fact for every single thing that we experience, we try to apply that to God and the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? If you can Google everything about the Holy Spirit and you can figure everything out about God, you serve a very puny God. Right? There's this thing in the New Testament, it's, it's repeated several times, it says, he did signs, miracles, and wonders. Have you heard that phrase? It's, yeah, signs, miracles, and wonders. Signs, signs are like in the future, right? Some of you went Wizard of Oz on me. That's cool. Signs, miracles, and wonders. Oh my. It's okay. It's church. You can still smile and have fun. All right. So signs, miracles, and wonders. And the signs we get, it, it points to something further down the road, right? Miracles. Oh, those are hard to explain. But what are wonders? You ever wonder? See, we want to take the wonder and the awe out of God. When God does everything to keep us in wondering and in awe of who he is. And, and so don't go into this series, don't go into these conversations and the conversation even today thinking, I have to, before I can experience it, I have to figure it all out. If you are waiting for that, you will never experience the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right, so I'm going to introduce you to him. Just like behind the curtain, just like calling somebody up on stage or you meet somebody in the lobby or whatever, the first thing you got to do is hopefully you get their name, right? Hopefully you learn the Holy Spirit's name. The, the, the person you're meeting saying, and so I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit that way, all right? I just want to just kind of open the door and introduce you to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a he, and so some people think, well, um, different gifts of the Holy Spirit, they see somebody prophesying, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, track with me for just a second, okay? Um, th oh, they got healed. Oh, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. No, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. Oh, they, they spoke in tongues. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. No, that's not the Holy Spirit either. Okay, okay, watch it. Because you're thinking I just contradicted myself. I didn't. Those are gifts that the Holy Spirit pours out, but those are evidences. Those are not him. See, those are it's. He is not an it. He is a he. Uh, okay? Are you, okay. Yeah. All right. So the first thing, in the, in the New Testament, he's called um, the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, Old Testament, Holy Spirit, over 800 times in the Bible, we see this reference to the Holy Spirit. Um, and in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and we covered this word last week. Remember the word for spirit? It's in your notes. It's ruach. You got it. You got a ruach. Um, 
Ruach, okay? And, and, and the definition's in your notes, and it means this. It means a wind, breath, a violent exhalation, blast of breath. I took gas off. We talked about that last week. All right? so, but that, that's the definition of it. And notice that it doesn't say the, the Spirit of God, okay? It's just the, the translators had a hard time with this, this language, all right? And so it helps us to understand if we'll just look at the original wording, all right? The wind of God. The breath of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, all right? Genesis 1-2, this is where the first place it's found. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see the Holy Spirit at the very beginning of this whole creation thing. In the New Testament, am I going too fast? Are we all good? I got a whole lot to cover today, so I'm really trying hard. I might be talking fast. Am I talking too fast? Okay, good. Um, in the New Testament, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, all right? And it means the exact same thing as in the Old Testament. It means it's a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Here's an example of a scripture for it. John 6, 63. The words I have spoken to you, this is Jesus talking, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. They're, they're, so let rephrase it. The words I have spoken to you are the Holy Spirit. And they're life. They breathe life into you. Now, a lot of times people get super freaked out when you talk about the Holy Spirit. You can talk about Jesus all day long. That makes some people mad or whatever, but Jesus, he's cool. Everybody talks about God, right? I mean, God is just a simple one-syllable one little word that everybody talks about. But you start talking about the Holy Spirit, and people get super freaked out, like Rick James freaked out. You know what I'm talking about? Super freak, super freak. She's super freaky. Anybody, anybody from my era remember Rick James? Okay, so... They, they give, so here's what I thought I would do today. I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. That's his name, all right? And I, instead, of, I want to take the definitions of his name and apply that, apply the physical to the supernatural, and let's see if we can learn some stuff, okay? So let's look at just wind, breath. Look at, let's look at wind. Here's the first thing. You can fill in the blank. Wind is unseen. You, you, can't, you can't see the wind. Um, Patty and I took, went on a cruise several years ago, went on a cruise, and well, for whatever reason, this cruise ship, when we went to go, uh, there was no big dock to pull up at in, in the, I think we were in the Caribbean, I don't remember. But anyway, there was no dock, so we had to tender to, to the shore, to the dock. And uh, so they put us in these, the, those, have you seen the orange plastic life boats that are on big cruise ships? They're like, it's, just, it's, it's basically a giant coffin for about 100 people, <laughs> is what it is. It's all sealed, it's like a tube, right? And so we, we come out on the little thing of the, the big ship. And it's the Caribbean, the breeze is blowing, the sun is shining. I'm like, this is just beautiful, baby. I love you, right? And she looks at me, I love you too. And it's just a beautiful moment. And then we, we get in this, this coffin, and, and all of a sudden, it, there's, there's no more breeze. And all that sunshine did was turn that thing into an easy-bake oven. Remember those things? And, and it would be okay, except that they added 98 more people in there. And so then you're sitting there, and you might have smelled okay when you first got on, but by the time you're sitting in this little easy-bake coffin oven thing, uh, for about five minutes, everybody starts getting funky up in there. Getting funky. It'd be sweating, hot, funky, and all of a sudden, my wife, don't touch me. Don't, don't touch me. <laughs> Dear God, are you really? Stop. Stop, right? Nobody wants to touch anybody. Just, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's hot, it's sticky, it's nasty. Ah. And it's that way, and, and bobbing up and down. Getting a little seasick, anyone, anyone? And it's just like, finally we get to the dock and the door opens. <laughs> I'm pushing old people out of the way, just like, get me out of this thing. And I, I step out on the dock and the Caribbean breeze hit me again. I went, 
oh my God, it feels so good. Now, old lady behind me, Sister Margaret or whatever her name was, I don't know, she, she, she didn't say, well, you're weird. What, you feel something? Oh, you feel something refreshing? You're weird. No, no. She, she hadn't experienced it yet because she's still in the easy-bake coffin oven of death, right? I am one step here. I'm experiencing the cool breeze and the wonderful breeze and completely refreshed. Isn't it funny? You can comment on the breeze in the natural. I feel that. That feels refreshing. That feels so good. But then you bring that into the supernatural world. You bring that into the church. And if somebody's worshiping and they say, man, that feels so good, people next to them, well, I don't feel anything. Well, you're still in the easy bake oven, brother, right? You're still in that environment. But, oh, it feels so good. Oh, well, you're just weird. You feel something. You, you feel something. And let's be honest, the reason you're, okay, I talk a lot about feelings, and I'll tell you all the time that your feelings will lie to you. Here's the deal. We don't make theological decisions based on our feelings, but God created us with feelings. And it's really good to feel things. It's really good to feel him. He created us with feelings so that we can experience him because he is an experiential God. And sometimes we want to separate feelings from God. No, no, we just need to bring our feelings into the right boundaries. But God is the one who gave us our feelings. Let me show you. In John 14, 15, and 16, all three chapters in John, okay, Jesus is the Last Supper, and Jesus is there. And the, the topic of conversation at the Last Supper, most of it, the majority of it, like probably 85 to 90% of it, is all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Check this out. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate, another, another counselor, okay, somebody else to talk to, who will help you. Let me just pause. Do you need help in life? Is anybody here this morning, and you need help? You, you, you need, whether it be emotional help, spiritual help, financial help, family help. What kind of help do you need? You realize Jesus sent someone to help us. And sometimes we deny the help. We're still praying and asking and seeking, but we don't want any part of the real help that he's already sent. Hmm. And he'll be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept the Holy Spirit because it neither sees him nor knows him. And I think you all can attest to the fact that our world wants to be able to see it, Google it, understand it, make sense out of it, give me facts and reasons, pros and cons. And the Holy Spirit is not like that. The Holy Spirit is the one part of the triune Godhead that's, that's a whole lot of feelings. It's just a whole lot of feelings. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And that's why some of you come to church, even today, it's not because of the amazing music or the great singing. It's not even really because of the speaking, let's be honest. You come here because you, you, you feel something. You return because you felt something. A few weeks ago, we did, uh, several weeks ago, we did our one service family worship day. You guys remember that? And, and we had a, I had a lady come up to me afterwards underneath the portico out there and she she came up to me and she looked a little dazed kind of like a deer in the headlights kind of look and I'm like are you okay she said um I'm not sure what that just was and I was like uh oh we're singing <laughs> singing and she said that I think 
and, and this is how she's talking. I won't even take near as much time as she does. She was just stuttering through her words, tripping over stuff. And she finally said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm very shaken. I said, what's going on? She said, I, I, I grew up in church. I, I've been in church. I, I, I believe in God. I serve God. But I've never felt God until today. And she stood there. She said, I'm different. Come on. How awesome is that? Where she's experienced God. She's known God. She's served God. But now because of an environment, she felt God. How many know you feel something? It'll change your life. Oh, come on. Some of you are, you, say, you fall in love for the first time. You felt something. It changed your entire life, didn't it? All right, let me give you another one. The wind is unseen. The wind is unpredictable. The wind is unpredictable. And we do not like this one because we want a predictable God. We want God to do things like he's always done that we can count on. We want to pray this prayer and we want him to answer this prayer like this. We want everything to be just cookie cutter. This is how God operates. Tell me how God operates so I can jump into that and make it happen. And then here's what happens. We see somebody get an answer from God or some kind of connection with God and we take their personal experience and we turn it into a tradition or a denomination. Can I say that again? Let me say that again. We take someone's personal experience with God and we turn it into a tradition or a denomination. How many times did God speak through a burning bush? One time. How many times did God, the Holy Spirit, impregnate a virgin? Mm -mm. One time, no matter what your daughter tells you, it only happened one time. <laughs> a big thing in churches nowadays is, it's been this way since the 1700s, is the altar call, right? You got to come down front, you got to get prayed for down here. Um, you know that's not biblical? So you're like, what? Here's the deal. An altar call, the first altar call ever given in the history of our world was by George Whitfield in 1740. Okay? 1740 was not that long ago, believe it or not. All right? That's when some of you graduated high school, right? So it's not that far ago. That was the first altar call, but now because, and it worked for him. Is there anything wrong with altar calls? No. But don't turn it into a tradition or a denomination because it was just somebody's experience from the 1740s. Okay, fill in the blank. We have a predictable structure of sound theology to stand on, and we have an unpredictable nature of God to embrace. John 3, 8 says this, Jesus answered, the wind, the pneuma, okay, the spirit, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. He is unpredictable Go ahead and embrace it. Stop trying to figure it out. Understand that he is unpredictable. In fact, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus, he's been healing people and stuff like this. And so this one dude has a, this one blind guy has some friends. And the friends are, they're, they're like, hey, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can heal you. You can go home and read Mark chapter 8. This is a cool story. And the friends are like, hey, Jesus can heal you. We've seen him. He'll just lay hands on you and you'll be healed. Whoop, glory, right? And so they bring the blind guy to Jesus, and he, go back and read it. Go home and read it. This is awesome. And the friends bring the blind guy to Jesus and said, Jesus, master, rabbi, if you will lay hands on him, 
he will be healed. What were they doing? They were saying, hey, we've seen you lay hands on him, people before and they got healed. We have faith that this is going to happen. So come on, do your thing. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus was like, <laughs> so you think it's in the hand thing, huh? <laughs> and then in one of the, probably the grossest things in the Bible, um, <laughs> Jesus spits on the guy. You think I'm making this up. It is in Mark chapter 8. Jesus spits on his eyes. This isn't the story where he made mud with the spit. No, it's a different spitting thing. Some of you are looking at me like you don't believe it. You can pull out your phones. Look, it's in the Bible, Mark chapter 8. Jesus spits on a guy and says, do you heal? Do you see now? And you know the blind guy's thinking, that doesn't really feel like your hand. <laughs> and the friends are over here saying, Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. The hand, just the hand. All we asked for was, for, and Jesus just like, <laughs> see, if you start believing in a system, you'll stop worshiping the Savior. And the miracles don't happen in a system. Miracles and the power of the Holy Spirit happen through a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And man, we get messed up with the systems, I'm telling you. Okay, okay, okay. So you ready for another one? So the wind is unseen, the wind is unpredictable patty's listening that's great um so the the holy spirit is we'll just change the holy spirit is unseen the holy spirit is unpredictable and here's the third one wind is powerful the wind is powerful we lived in florida for a while and there was a time where uh hurricane wilma i don't know if you remember that hurricane we remember it because we lived through a category four hurricane it was it was scary you know i mean it was like crazy scary the counters in, the, in our kitchen were just shaking. I mean, it was like 160-mile-an-hour winds. It was unbelievable. It was powerful. It was scary powerful. Many of you right now are going through things in your life where another good idea is not going to fix it. Another counseling session is not going to make it better. Another set of goals is not going to all of a sudden get you where you need to go. What you need is the power of the Holy Spirit that tears down strongholds, that actually breaks chains and bondages and habits. It's not another session of this or that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is strong enough in us and through us to literally change who we are. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but you will receive what? That was weak. Seriously, come on, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And some of you have been like rowing a boat through, through the storms of life under all this effort and all this strength. And what you need is the wind of the Holy Spirit to fill your sails to drive you through the storm. You're working so hard at this, and you love Jesus, and you're, yes, you love Jesus, you're praying, you love God, you come to church, some of you are on the volunteer team, and that's awesome, and you're doing all these things, and you're rowing so stinking hard, and the Holy Spirit, come on, let him bring his power into your life, let him fill your sails with a fresh gust of wind to drive you and propel you through the storm that you're going through. It doesn't happen through any other way except through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, some of you are like, I see, some of you are still like, eh, take it or leave it. Eh, I'm good with Jesus. Me and Jesus, we just hang out. I love grace. I love Jesus. Hallelujah, right? Okay, before you go, eh, no big deal, check out this verse. Ephesians 4.30 says this, don't grieve God. Don't, don't break the Father's heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you 
is, it can be, is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself, don't take such a gift for granted. The Holy Spirit can be the most intimate part of your life. Some of you have gotten to the point where you're, you're the reason you're struggling is because you're missing that intimate relationship. You're, you're, you're missing the feelings that go, I don't feel God. Right? Okay. The Holy Spirit is the intimate part of that relationship. So don't grieve it. So how do we not grieve it? Okay, three things real quick. And then we'll, here's how, here's how we don't take it for granted. Here's how we don't, here's how we go forward in this. The first one is this. We got to let go of fears and misperceptions. We got to let go of the fears and misperceptions. Let me, let me encourage you to do this. Let go of everything for the next four weeks. Let go of everything you have ever heard about the Holy Spirit. Let go of every denominational system that you that have has taught you just for four weeks okay just just for four weeks okay and even i'll even go one step further even what i tell you let go of that for four weeks i know i'm like saying come and learn we're lifelong learners now forget everything you heard right that's kind of <laughs> crazy um but here's the deal let's just forget everything and let's look at what the bible says about the holy spirit just can we do that just let's just let go of all the fears every area that you're scared of I've talked to so many people, and they're scared that, well, if the Holy Spirit comes on me, which is just a funny phrase all in itself, if the Holy Spirit comes on me, he'll make me do this, or he'll make me do that, and we have these fears, and so we, we back up from it, and we're missing out on the most important, intimate relationship part, the feeling part of our Christian walk. Isn't that crazy? That's like saying, I'm going to marry you, but I don't feel nothing, I don't want to feel nothing. I want no feelings in this relationship. It is purely contractual. How many know that'd be miserable? Oh, come on. Marriage is hard enough with feelings. Come on, somebody. Right? But what if you took out all the feelings and said it was just contractual? Really? But we want to take the feelings of the Holy Spirit out of a contractual relationship with Jesus Christ bought with his blood. Proverbs 3, 5. You're really quiet. I'm going to take that as you're learning. Okay. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust God. From the bottom of your heart, don't try to Google everything. That's Craig translation. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. The Holy Spirit will guide you, help you, teach you, instruct you, love you, and give you the feelings that you need. Here's the second thing. Go all in. Go all in. None of, none of this works, none of it works, if we just try to piecemeal God into our lives. If we just try to add God into our lives or we just do a little bit of it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, you can fill in the blank. God is an inert additive, but a transformative, holistic ingredient. That's a big word. Let me, let me say it again. God, he, if you're just going to add God, he's going to do nothing. It's inert. It, it just doesn't work. But if you make him holistically, if you make him part of your whole person, everything about yourself, he will completely transform your life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when, a little conditional here, you're going to seek me, okay, and you will find me when you seek me with all of you, with your whole heart, with your whole heart. And then this is what we need to do right here. Let me encourage us, all of us to do this. Number three. We need to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. We need to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the triune Godhead, 
I'm ending with the Trinity. Wow. Nothing complicated there, but we're going to make it super easy. Okay, The triune Godhead, each person in the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all have a specific and distinct work that they do in our lives. Okay, And I'm going to show it to you all in one verse. Okay, This is one verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this. Check this out. The amazing grace of the Master. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then we'll come back and comment on it. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be with all of you. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. It's like this. When we get saved, the only way we can get saved, the only way we can ha have our sins forgiven is by through the grace of Jesus Christ. Grace means we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, we've done everything wrong. You can't do enough right, okay? And even at your worst, God sees that you'll probably be worse down the road anyway. But he doesn't even judge you on that or this or your past because of this grace of Jesus Christ that just covers everything. How many know that's good news? It's good news. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you don't deserve. Oh, my goodness. By the grace of Jesus Christ. And what does that do? That puts us connected back to the original love of God the Father. It makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God the Father. Like from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, the whole plan was a relationship with God the Father, a close relationship with God the Father. And all the way through all of history of time, we see all the way back to Revelation chapter 21, the very end of the book, where we are all back in the garden in a relationship with God the Father. That's what it's all about. That's through the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father. And then in the midst of all that, Right now on planet Earth, in between the Garden of Eden and in between the Garden and Revelation, we have this being with us called the Holy Spirit. And he is the intimate side of God the Father. Now, I know people are still going to say, I need you to explain this more. Let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved somebody? Most people probably yes whether you're still with them or not, or, you know, whatever. But you, you felt love for someone before, a deep, real love. I'm not talking about shallow love. I'm talking real love. Have you ever loved somebody before? I need you to explain that love feeling to me. It's not that easy, is it? And that's why it's feelings. Feelings, one feeling can be volumes and volumes of books to explain it. You just, you just can't really put words to feelings. What do, well, I, I'm in love with her. Really? What does that feel like? I don't know. It's like this warm, gooey, I don't know, sinner, kind of like a Reese peanut butter cup, but gooier. I don't, uh, right? You can't explain. But you still have the feeling. You can't explain everything about the Holy Spirit. But listen, just because you can't explain everything does not negate his existence or his validity. He is the intimate part of God the Father. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Let me just pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the grace, Jesus Christ, that you, you bring into our lives. I thank you for that. I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to experience and enjoy this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit where it really is into the feeling side of our Christian walk. Lord, thank you so much for providing that 
for allowing us to have these feelings and to put these feelings into the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God. Just praying with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, hanging out with me for a second. You're here this morning and all this talk about the Holy Spirit, but you haven't experienced the first thing, which is the grace of Jesus Christ. You're still trying to fix your life under your own power. You're still trying to get things right in your life, in your soul. And, and if you think if you can get everything right, then, then everything will work well, and then I'll get where I need to go. Listen, and you're trying all that, but your life is still falling apart. The reason your life is falling apart, the reason your life is not working, is because you need this man named Jesus Christ and his grace and his forgiveness to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, and to set you on the path to a loving Heavenly Father. God's not here waiting to strike you dead. He is waiting to give you life and life more abundantly. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to just accept him into your life. I'm not going to call you down front, not going to embarrass you. This is just right where you are. This is a decision between you and Jesus Christ. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life. I'm going to count those hands because I can guarantee you are not alone in this house, okay? So you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning. If that's you, raise your hand up. Come on, just right where you are. Raise them up. I'm going to count. Hold it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Father, I thank you for these 15 amazing people. I thank you for their just their confession to say, hey, I need Jesus. This thing on my own is not working. I need help. I need a Savior. So, Lord Jesus, right now, you promised us in your word in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that means they're going to start telling everybody from this day forward, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I have Jesus Christ living in me. Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. You need what I have. They're going to start confessing you, Lord. And you said that if we, if we would believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead and that you came back to life, that we would be saved. So, Father, from their confession that's coming and from their heart full of belief and faith in you, save them. Save them. Fill them full of your spirit. Fill them full of forgiveness. Wash away the vandalism that the world has put there inside their soul, that their own choices have put there. And now, Lord, set them free. And now, Father, I ask that you do something absolutely amazing. Fill them with your spirit. Lord, let, the, let their emotions be engaged and let them feel you like they've never felt you before and let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are changed and that they are a new creation in you. We love you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray for these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Listen, if, you raise, if you're one of those 15 people that raise your hands for prayer, there's people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you if you want to. They want to connect with you. Um, but even if you don't want the prayer, do me a favor. There's a book down here called Fresh Start. It's completely free. There's no hoops or gimmicks to get it. Just walk down here and say, hey, I want the book, not the prayer, and they'll take care of that. It's going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. There's also a whole chapter section in there on the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit. And so you can, you can uh, read up on that if you want. All right? Stand with me, if you will. Don't forget that tonight is Plugged In. Plugged In is a fabulous opportunity to come and find out who we are, what's going on, what do we believe, how we're structured. It's also a great opportunity for you to join a volunteer team. Let me put it this way in old school church terms, okay? If you're looking for the new members class, well, I'll even sound like this. If you're looking for the new members class here at South Point Church, that's tonight at 6 o'clock. We allow you to have free food and free childcare. Please come. 
okay? All right, but we don't call them members. We call them partners, and I'll explain all that tonight. I look forward to meeting you. But if you would register at the counter out there, that would help us just to prepare for you. All right, let me pray the benediction, and we will jet out of here. Heavenly Father, we love you. We just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, that they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tonight.